Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast. In this episode, I have a Melbourne-based lactation consultant, Emily, who has very kindly shared her story of her own son being diagnosed with a tongue tie, and she goes through the whole experience from pre-diagnosis through to treatment and aftercare. And I'm so thankful for her to share the story with us because I think that for mums-to-be and new mums who are worried about tongue ties, it's so important to, to hear everyday stories. And Emily has shared this so well with us. So this is the episode that I'm going to play for you now. Secondly, if you would like to listen to my free breastfeeding masterclass, that I have shared on my Instagram, just head to at Susie Prout Lactation on Instagram and the link in my bio will be the free breastfeeding success masterclass for you all to have a listen. All right, enjoy the episode. So I'm a mum of three children who have all been breastfed and it's been a completely different breastfeeding journey with each of them. Um, I'm also due to have twins in a couple of months, which I'm sure will be a completely different breastfeeding journey again, but uh, a story for another day, no doubt. So I remember when I was pregnant with my first, thinking that I'll breastfeed if I can, and other than that, I really didn't put too much thought into it. I did the antenatal classes at the hospital and I think they might have included maybe one session or even half a session about breastfeeding. Um, And I just thought to myself, yeah, if it works for us, that's good. If not, there's other options and, and that's fine too. So when she was born, everything went really smoothly. Uh, we did skin to skin straight away. She latched on and it was a bit of a dream when I look back, really. Um, I went on to breastfeed her for a year. And look, when we stopped, I, I would call it a mutual weaning. But um, looking back in perspective and with the education that I have now being a lactation consultant um if I was to have my time over I would have continued to feed her for a bit longer I guess at the time I just kind of thought one year was the socially acceptable amount of time to breastfeed your baby um no one else in my mother's group seemed to still be breastfeeding and she happily weaned so We just continued on about our lives um, with breastfeeding no longer being a part of it and that was fine. So when I was pregnant with my second child, I knew that I wanted to breastfeed um, and just expected everything to go as smoothly as it had with my daughter. But this certainly wasn't the case with my son. So my son was born at 36 weeks. I spontaneously went into labour after my waters broke in the morning and contractions started not long after that. And at that stage along, um, there's the hospitals don't do anything to stop labour. So that continued and he was born four weeks early. Um, it was a pretty straightforward labour, except that I did have an epidural very late um 
I had been going okay and then obviously when I got to the point of transition I was all of a sudden not okay and it happened really fast that I asked for an epidural and pretty much got one straight away and I remember when the midwife examined me after she was like oh well, you're already fully dilated um, and that was before the epidural had even kicked in so I'd been through the whole stages of labour, gotten to being fully dilated, then had an epidural and then it's a little bit fuzzy what happened but I think he was born, you know, within half an hour or so after that. So I just found that breastfeeding was different straight away. Um, He was very tired, extremely uninterested in attempting to latch onto my breast And when he did, it was really painful and a different type of pain to what I had remembered with my daughter. Um, So in hospital, I was basically just expressing colostrum and giving it to him via a syringe. Uh, And our attempts at direct breastfeeding just weren't really working at all. Now, there was one stage when a midwife came in to do a check of him and my partner was there at the time and I thought, oh, this is just a good opportunity to have a shower. I just needed some me time and I said, oh, you just stay for the check and then, you know, I'm going to have a shower and and let me know how it goes. And he was like, yep, that's fine. Um, And somehow something was missed or not communicated to me that that midwife had actually picked up that my son had a tongue tie when she had done that assessment. Um, But whether my partner thought she had communicated that to me and the midwife thought that my partner had communicated that to me anyway, it just wasn't, I never heard anything about it until I think it was later the next evening um, when I was struggling with getting him to latch again and I asked for help from a midwife and she came in and, and said something about the tongue tie and uh, it was the first I had heard of it. Um, so we were appointed a lactation consultant in the hospital who came to see me and to be honest, that was the first time I'd ever even heard of a lactation consultant. I just thought that came under the umbrella of a midwife that was you know an additional role that a midwife had and I didn't know that there was a specific profession that um, specialized in lactation so that was my first um, knowledge of you know what even a lactation consultant was and and why I would possibly need one The lactation consultant assessed us and explained to me that the reason why it was so painful when I was attempting to breastfeed was because of the oral restrictions uh, in my son's mouth and she referred us on to someone to have the tongue tie revised Um, and that was someone who used scissors to um, correct the tongue tie and once discharged from hospital I made an appointment pretty much straight away and we were in there within a week Um, and I guess I was just pretty much told that this was going to be the miracle cure um, that once he didn't have these oral restrictions anymore 
that he would be able to feed effectively and it wouldn't be painful and, you know, that it was almost going to be an instant relief, um, which I found not to be the case. I didn't really find any difference in um, how it felt before and after the procedure. I wasn't given any advice about what I should do to follow up um, in regards to exercises or to working with a lactation consultant um, to make sure that everything was going okay for us. And I just kind of persisted through what was a really hard time for a while. Um, so breastfeeding was still painful, but I was just thinking I was doing something wrong because my son had had his oral restrictions revised. So in my mind, that should all be working perfectly now. And it must just be me. But I just found that he was always sleepy, not interested in breastfeeding, difficult to latch him. When he did latch, he it was painful for me. Um, he had jaundice ongoing for quite a while. He had a reflux. He um, never met his weight gains with the health nurse. I had all of my family telling me, just give him formula. He needs to put on weight, um, basically, except for my partner, who has been my biggest supporter in breastfeeding all of our children, and my amazing uh, mater maternal child health nurse who instead of uh, telling me to give formula like everybody else was encouraged me to express to increase my supply and use my expressed breast milk as a top up so that's what we did and look everything worked out okay but if I'm honest when I look back it was a lot of hard work and that lasted for, I'd say, six months until he was on solids and he really started to, he loved solids and so he really started to gain weight a lot more obviously then. Um, and I continued to breastfeed him until he was 16 months old. Um, at 16 months, he went through what I now recognize as a period of breast refusal. Um, but at the time before I studied breastfeeding extensively as I have now, um, I just thought he was self weaning. And so I basically couldn't keep up my supply with him refusing feed so often. Um, and as a result, he weaned from breastfeeding. While this was happening, it made me kind of think um, that there was something lacking in the care of myself and my baby after he was born. And I sort of just felt brushed aside. Maybe everyone wanted to offer a quick fix and and that would be it, you know, have the oral restriction revised and then breastfeeding will be perfect for you or your baby's not putting enough weight on so you need to give formula and, and you know, that's the solution to that problem. And from that, a recognition of the lack of continuity of care um, happened in me and I just had this passion sparked 
um, which made me pursue a career in breastfeeding care. Um, So although I consider our story a breastfeeding success, I mean, I exclusively breastfed for six months and then went on to breastfeed for 15 months, it was a hard road and I think it was much harder than what it should have been. So I guess the reason I wanted to share this story for other mums to hear is so that people don't have to go through the same story. I don't want people to have the same story as me. I want them to know that there is adequate care out there and that it is accessible. And whatever your breastfeeding goals are, they're achievable and there's someone out there that can help you achieve them. Thank you so much, Emily, for sharing that with us. If you want to find Emily, you can find her on Instagram at Melbourne underscore LC. Otherwise, her website is www.melbournelactationconsulting.com.au. Chat to you girls in the next episode.